Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 2. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 2. We're so thankful for the Lord for who He is and what God has done for us. And as we've been going through the Gospel record of Luke, it's been encouraging to hear as we've been learning quite a bit and seeing things that we may have never saw before and watching God work. Now as we come to a very familiar passage of Scripture dealing with Christ's birth in Bethlehem, we want to make sure that we are able to pay attention and maybe see exactly what the Bible says. That oftentimes we could hear kids sing, we could see the Christmas specials, we could get very familiar with it and get to the place where our mind checks out. We could get to the place where we start thinking about something else and saying, yeah, I know about this, I know about this. But if you don't mind, let's take a concentrated effort as we examine this passage and listen to the preaching that we would ask God to open up our eyes that we may behold wondrous things from his law. That he would teach us something that perhaps we never saw before or consider something that we've never had to consider before and that his passage would become alive. One of my desires is never to waste folks' time and never to just to fill in a message just to say because this is what we're supposed to do. And so as we think about those things and have our minds directed towards the Lord, let's look together in the book of Luke, the gospel record of Luke in chapter number two. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number one, the gospel record of Luke chapter number two and verse number one. And it came to pass in those days that there was a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping over watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and glo the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you that ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude or a great multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels... Uh, <coughs> 
were gone away from into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherd. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen as it was told to them. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the gospel record of Luke and chapter number two? The gospel record of Luke chapter number two, and notice with me in verse 11, the phrase, for unto you is born this day. For unto you is born this day. And with this, we have the biblical account of the birth of Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. And for unto you is born this day. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's, ex let's explore this passage. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And I'm so thankful that we could come to you. And Lord, there's been a lot of things that are going on. A lot of things in my life with my health and a lot of things that are going on in just the world in general. And as I come to you, I'm very conscious of the idea that we're either 100% in the flesh or we're 100% in the spirit. There's no such thing as halves or 75 that we're either full of God or full of ourselves. And because I'm very conscious of it and because I'm very frightened of it, the best I know how I surrender myself to you now. I ask that you take my goals, my ambitions, my desires, my knowledge, my wisdom, my ambitions, anything that I think I have and that I am, and I give to you now. And I'm asking that you would do something even above and beyond ourself and that you would use me not because of me, but in fact, in spite of me, Lord, that you would still use and help your people here, these good people to get a blessing, to learn something from your precious word. I thank you, Lord, that we can trust you in all of these things. And in your name we pray. Amen. As we hit this passage here, there's a couple things that I want you to pay attention to. The very first thing I want to show you is the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ. As we start off in chapter 2 and verse 1, we could see kind of the context being set up. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. As we start off in verse number 1, we can see that it starts off with a worldwide scope. That all the world will be taxed. Remember at this time, it is the world empire of the Romans that are currently ruling. And the Roman empire had spread and pretty much made the Mediterranean Sea a big Roman lake. That it extended all the way from Spain, all the way up going into the Middle East. It covered uh, from north going up to Germany. It covered France. It covered all of that area and went down south to cover Egypt and all of those lands of the northern part of Africa bordering the Mediterranean Sea. 
Julius Caesar has already passed away and his nephew Caesar Augustus, Octavius Caesar, has now taken the reins. He's already won a civil war between Mark Antony and himself and he is firmly in charge of the Roman Empire. Now, may I remind you that at this time, Bethlehem and Jerusalem, Judea, are backwater Roman towns. They're not even true Roman. True Romans wouldn't be found in this place. And so when we start off in chapter 2 in verse number 1, we start off with this world event, this very big world event, that all the Roman world was to be taxed. And in order for the Roman world to be taxed, there had to be a census. You need to know who's all who if you're going to get money from them. Now, Octavius Caesar is not doing this because he thinks, well, you know, I need to put Jesus in the right place. But you know, God understood this. At this time, Mary and Joseph are not living in the country of Judea. They're living in a country north of Judea. So directly north, you would have Samaria. And above that, you would have this, the region of Galilee. And so here's Mary and Joseph that are living in Galilee. Joseph is taking care of his espoused wife. He's a... They're, married in name, but they've never consummated the marriage. So that way they would have a pure testimony for when Jesus Christ came. And Mary is about eight, nine months, uh, months along. So she's great with child. She is waiting for the day where she doesn't have to have the back pain. She's looking for the day where she no longer has to work with this. She's looking forward to holding this baby in her arms. And so Mary and Joseph are preparing. Maybe they have the local midwife that is all prepared and ready to be called. That as soon as Mary's ready, they're going to call the midwife. And then the news breaks out. That the whole world is going to be taxed. That the whole world, according to Roman law, has to go back to their land of their heritage and get a census. And so maybe they had a town crier. Maybe it was at the post office. But they heard news that everyone is going to be taxed. And Mary and Joseph look at each other and Joseph says, Honey, I'm sorry to tell you this, but our ancestral home is two countries away. I'm from the lineage of David. He comes from a little backwater town of Bethlehem. And honey, I know that you're ready to pop, but we have to go make it back down to Bethlehem. Are you serious? I mean, I can have this baby at any time. It's the law. I mean, they have to. We, we have to do. And even though that was inconvenient for them, it was uncomfortable for her because remember, they didn't have airplanes. They didn't have cars. They had a donkey that they traveled lots of miles to get to one place to the other. And so could you imagine being nine months expectant, bouncing around on a road on a donkey, just in the heat of the day, watching the warm come and trying to travel around and just try to keep the baby held in as she's great with child and the baby wants to get out. And what an uncomfortable thing. This was not in their plans. This is not what, how God, what they saw things were going to happen. But you know, God had made a prophecy in the book of Micah chapter number five. That Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. And there was a problem. How in the world is he going to get a couple that's comfortable 
in Nazareth that have all their plans laid out, how is he going to get them to a foreign country? How are they going to get them to a couple countries away? Well, we could see that God has the heart of the king in his hand. And so God prompted the ruler of the world at the time, hey, why don't you tax the people? You mean God is going to use taxes to get his will accomplished? God's so smart he could even do that. And so God had the Roman emperor who was not a worshiper of God, nor did he acknowledge God, demand a tax to the whole world. Do you know that God had something affect the entire world just to get his people to the right place at the right time? That's how magnificent our God is. That he's able to use world events to get his world accomplished. And in fact, God may do some things to people around you just to get your attention. Because he's that big of a God. He could put all of history in order. All of history is at his beck and call. And so he had Caesar Augustus declare this tax. And all the world was to be taxed. And now Mary and Joseph, in order to obey, have no other choice, have to go travel to go to his ancestral home. Verse number two. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All this is doing is showing historical context. Remember that Dr. Luke is a Gentile and he's writing this as a research paper that is well researched and evidenced and backed up. And so he's able to say, you remember several years ago at this time, about 40 years ago, when there was a big taxing? And remember, Cyrenius was governor. And you remember Octavius Caesar made this big decree? Remember that God did that to allow this to happen. Luke is again citing his sources, letting people know that this is evidence. This isn't just made up. He's giving proof of people who's in charge, people there, times and people. To show that this event was real. And so Mary and Joseph came. Verse number 3. And all went to be taxed. Everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee. Again we're having a location. And out of the city of Nazareth. Unto Judea. Unto the city of David. Which is called Bethlehem. Why? Because he was the house and lineage of David. In order to do a proper census. You had to go back to your ancestral home. So off they go. They didn't even have to. They didn't even stop in Jerusalem. It would have been more convenient to get their census at Jerusalem. Jerusalem at least would be a bigger city. Nazareth is a small town. And now because of this small town. Because of the taxing. Everyone comes back at the same time, which does cause some booking issues for the local inn. Notice, if you don't mind, verse 5. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. It just so happened while they were there that she's going to deliver this child. Well, you know, God is pretty good at making things just so happen. God is pretty good at lining things up to happen exactly as he sees fit. And verse number 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Now, this is an interesting thing here because this little inn had already been packed. And this little inn has been mentioned in the Bible several times. This inn was known as Chinnam's Inn. This 
uh, inn was actually built by one of David, the king's loyal servants. Even Jeremiah the prophet had stopped by this inn at one time. And now here is later on Mary and Joseph. And they show up to the inn and because everyone's at the city at the same time, there's no more room in the inn. They were one of the last to arrive. The best they could do is give them a manger. Now this manger was a cave that was nearby that they would that they would uh, put the horses and the mules and the cattle inside to kind of stall them. Uh, the cave made a, a natural um, protection barrier and all they had to do was put a gate. So can you imagine Joseph and Mary? Now again, as great as Mary is, Mary's a sinner. And as great as she may be, she is nine months expectant. So listen to the things that Mary had to endure. Honey, our great Roman emperor and all of his brilliance decided he was going to tax us. And it's going to happen now. We have to go travel. I know that you're nine months expectant. Congratulations. And that we have to go down two countries away. And uh, there's no bus. There's no, we have to travel by donkey. Let's go. And so they make the trek down. And honey, good news. The inn's all booked up. I know that your back's sore. I know that the ride's been a big thing. I know that you're not comfortable and I know you're grumpy. I'm trying to, you know, sorry. We have to go stay in the stables. You know what's in the stables? Animals. And you know what animals do? Leave smelly objects all over the place. Honey, this is where you get to be at. And as they camp out, they maybe have some torch light in there. He makes a little fire. And all of a sudden, he hears, Honey, my water just broke. Well, we don't have the midwife prepared. We don't know anybody in town. We're strangers. This is too small to have a hospital. Guess what, honey? The best sanitary conditions we could do. You get to give birth in this manger with these animals. I love you, honey. And she gave birth in a cave among the animals because that's the only place they had. Do you think that's probably not what she had in mind when she was told that you're going to have the Son of God? Do you think maybe she was expecting a little bit more comfort? Do you think maybe she was expecting a little bit more something else other than this? It was not what she had planned. She was not comfortable. She wasn't happy. She was smelly. Could you imagine a cow kind of investigating why she's giving birth and seeing that cow get slugged? Just using your divine imagination. I mean, they're there. I mean... For those who are giving birth, you know, when little things annoy you and you got that duck, quack, 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 shut him up. It probably was not the most pleasant experience they had ever been through. And poor Joseph has probably got all kinds of threats, except that it wasn't his fault. And so she has the baby in rough conditions. On the cave floor for all things with their blanket. 
just try to move some of the straw and stuff to give her a place to lay. And then, according to some people, remember he was a carpenter. He goes and finds some wood around and quickly, using his carpenter skills, puts together a manger. Puts together a little place for the baby to lay. Because they did not have one available (laughs) to be able to have them somewhere here. And they take some swaddling clothes. All this is is some blankets and stuff that they wrap around him. And now here's the king of kings, the lord of lords. Mom, sore, tired. But there's always something. It doesn't matter how much a lady yells, how much she swears, how much she's just upset. As soon as you put that baby in her arms, it all goes away. So they lay the baby in the arms. And... Can you imagine how tired she is from the trip? That wasn't a big relaxing trip. Not a lot of rest you can get inside of a manger and then the delivery, however long that took. Still laying, having a rock for a pillow, having things put around you. Not very restful. Do you think maybe the best that she's looking for is a good night's sleep? Well, point number two, the announcement of Christ the announcement of Christ. Notice with me in verse number 9. Or verse number 8 rather. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field. Keeping over their flock by night. And lo the angel of the Lord came upon them. And glory of the Lord showed round about them. And they were so afraid. So meanwhile the scene pans out to the starry sky. Here's some shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. By the way it wasn't winter. Otherwise, they wouldn't be outside enjoying the nice air. And so, they're outside. They're enjoying it. Watching over the sheep. And all of a sudden, an angel comes. And inside of the night sky, it's shining bright. And their first reaction is they're scared. You would be too. This angel comes in all of its glory. This angel's not hiding who he is. He's here to pronounce the king of kings is born. He's here to let them get their attention. And they are so afraid. And notice for the third time, this statement is said, fear not. It was said to Zechariah. It was said to Mary. And now it is said to these shepherds. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now for all the Jewish people, this is what they've been waiting to hear all of their lives. All the Jewish people have been saying, where's the Messiah? Where's the Messiah? And here is this angel who comes and says, the thing you've been waiting for all of your life. This, the Christ child, the Messiah, he is born. And he's over there. So, verse number 12, and this shall be a sign unto you that you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. These angels come and they begin to sing and these shepherds are watching them sing. Listen, God, who is Jesus, robed in flesh, may have been born in a manger in lowest conditions, but God was not going to allow his son to go 
quietly. He wanted his son to be announced even though it was humble birth. And if he could get no one else, he could get some shepherds to go and say hello to this brand new child. And so we could see the announcement of Christ. Which brings us to the visitation of Christ. Verse number 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which is to come to pass which the Lord hath made known to us. What that means is that they had a conversation. I mean, you watch the angels and they sing a great choir, glory to God in the highest, and they're singing. And then they go away and you look and say, did you see that? What just happened? You think we should go see them? <laughs> yeah, let's go. And they made an agreement together. They had a discussion. They talk. They go down and go find them. Verse number six and 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. May I remind you what time of day it is? Nighttime. So the baby has been born. Mary is probably exhausted. Who in the world is knocking outside in this cave? Hey, we heard that these angels just told us that this uh, Christ child was born. The Messiah was born. Is there a Messiah in here? Okay, sure. And so they came in. One, two, three, lots. And where are they at? In a manger, which isn't that big. Even if it was, you're filling it with animals, with a tired mom who just gave birth. Everything that goes with birth. Poo, dung from um, the animals. And now shepherds. Now may I remind you what shepherds do? They keep the sheep. And shepherds are known for being very smelly themselves. And so you could almost imagine Mary... Drifting off to sleep, tired and exhausted. Baby Jesus is laying in there. We heard from these angels. They told us that this Christ child is born. We came to see him. I mean, what's Mary going to do? Uh, go away? Visiting hours are from... These angels told him to come and see. What is she going to do? And so these smelly shepherds come in. Occupy her space. She's laying on the ground. In a manger. Maybe some hay underneath her. But that's it. And these people come to see her. Right after she gives birth. <laughs> Mothers how long was it. Before you started having your first visitors. You don't have to answer that. But was you ready to receive your first visitors. If you were already off drugs. And so they come to see. Now, again, I'm trying to put it from Mary's perspective here. Uh, they don't show this in the plays, do they? <laughs> uh, they definitely don't have the smelly effects in it when they try to get the kids going on. And so, they all gather up. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all that heard him wondered at these things which were told to them by the shepherd. Uh, we're going to come back to that in a second. Notice verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You'll see this phrase over and over in the gospel record of Luke. You've already seen it once. Why is this important? Because Dr. Luke has interviewed Mary. So Mary, tell me about when this Christ child was born. 
Well, let me tell you about what happened. That <laughs> there was a taxing go on. You remember about it? Yeah, we had to come down to Bethlehem and we went and Joseph went in to the inn, came back in. Instead of coming out with a room key, he said, uh, uh, we get the manger. Great. And you know, Dr. Luke got the story out of her. She remembered this. This is something worth remembering. Having the shepherds come and visit them and all this other stuff. But beyond that, the shepherds went and told everyone else. So Luke was able to find other people who heard the story or from the shepherds themselves. And get their side of the story to corroborate this. That it wasn't just based off of one person. Now verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard and seen. And it was told to them. They went and told everyone. Notice with me in verse 17 and 18. And when they, the shepherds, seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things that were told to them by the shepherd. You know what the shepherds did after they left Mary and Joseph? They went soul winning. They told everyone this thing. The angels told us that the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for has arrived. And we went and we saw there was a child there. And just like the angels said, our Messiah has come. Our Messiah has come. You need to be ready. Our Messiah has come. They were excited because they saw their hope. What was their hope? That this child, was it just that Jesus was born? Is that what their hope was? No, this child and what he was sent to do. What was he sent to do? This child was born to die. This child was born for one reason, to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. To take away the sins of the world. And they were excited that they got to see the one that was going to pay their price. May I ask you a question? Are you that excited about the one who paid your price? Are you excited enough to go tell someone else? Let me tell you about Jesus. There's sometimes that people go tell someone about Jesus and it's almost like they're ashamed. Hey, hey, is it all right if I tell you something? I want to tell you about, oh, you don't want to hear him? Okay, okay, fine. No big deal. No, the shepherds were telling everyone, we saw Jesus and you need to be ready to see Jesus. That this one has paid our price. He has come. I want you to know that your sins can be forgiven. Are you that excited that you could go tell someone else excitedly that Jesus paid your price and you want them to have, know the same thing? Are you still excited about what Jesus Christ has done for you? Or has it kind of grown old? Is it almost like the play that you see every year? Oh, it's that play again. Oh, it's the shepherds. Oh, it's Mary and Joseph. And it's just more redundant. Are you still excited that Jesus came on this earth? That he was God robed in flesh to live on this earth and die for your sins and to die for mine? Well, if you are, are you still excited enough to tell someone about it and not be ashamed, not secret service, not you want people to know that their sins can be forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.